Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Uh, go to the WIBC hotline and bring on Bill O'Reilly. BillOReilly.com, longtime iconic host of The Factor and best-selling author of The Killing Series. Uh, the new book uh, hits today, Killing the Witches. Bill, welcome back to the uh, Hammer and Nigel Show. How are you? Good. You guys doing all right out there? Yeah, we're doing fine. And you know the policy whenever you call this show, man. I mean, like, the floor is yours. Do you want to start with, you know, Biden's cratering numbers, the Democrats, the GOP debates, or do you want to start with the book? Wherever, man, it's yours. All right. How about I give you a uh, headline that's new? Okay. Oh, Ready wow. That? Yeah. Okay, so last night in Manhattan... I sat for a 60-minute interview with Tucker Carlson. Wow. It's going to be uh, broadcast tomorrow, Wednesday, 9 p.m., compete with the Republican debate. That's what Carlson does. Um, I'm telling you, it's pretty riveting. And, I can't uh, wait. We, we talk about uh, the cable news industry, network news industry, uh, killing the witches. It was interesting because... Killing the Witch is really three books in one, and what really grabbed Carlson was the contemporary chapters on demonic possession Yes, uh, of what is happening uh, now in the world. And, you know, there is a witch hunt in the United States. We don't hang people anymore. I mean, the media would if they could get away with it, but they are destroying people. Uh, based on nothing, and uh, Tucker Carl is very interested in that, and we chatted about it for a while. So um, I want everybody to go to BillOReilly.com, 9 p.m. Wednesday. All you got to do is go to my website. We'll have a big banner. You just click it on, and you'll be able to see the interview. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I sat down, um, and I just got a hold of the book. So I'm, I'm reading the book next to my 11-year-old on the couch last night. He's reading, like, his textbook for some homework, and... And I'm, you know, I got through the prologue and I was immediately already like horrified, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and, and my 11 year old's like, dad, what are you reading? And then I'm going, oh, and this is a book about killing witches, the horror of the Salem, Massachusetts. And I didn't really couldn't articulate it, it, it properly into words how I should describe the book to an 11 year old. This is some heavy stuff, man. Yes. And it's it's really I mean, just t- tell me why you chose the Salem witch trials and 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 what all we can expect when we read this book. Okay, number one, 11-year-olds, a little bit much for them, no matter how precocious they are, because it's grisly. Um, And uh, this is the 13th Killing Book, is the best-selling nonfiction book series of all time in the world, and uh, it opens up American history. The first thing after you get by the witch being burned in Scotland which is what you were referring to, and thank you for reading it. Um, We put you on a Mayflower, and the 66-day voyage from England to Cape Cod and then on to Plymouth, it is horrifying. See, most people think, oh, the Mayflower, Pilgrims, Thanksgiving, Pastor Stuffing. (laughs) No. No. Um, And then we take you through the early days of the United States, which, of course, wasn't the United States. It was called the New World. And uh, how horrifying uh, 
um, the situation was, whether it be the Native American wars or uh, the crazy clerics running around hanging people because they're possessed by the devil. That's what witchcraft is. Um, so I, it's, I told people, you know, in, on Halloween is a great Halloween book. Yes. But don't give it to the urchins in lieu of candy. You know, don't scare <laughs> them that much. Bill, Jason Hammer here. And you alluded to this a little bit earlier. We hear that phrase, witch hunt, a lot in pop culture vernacular now. Uh, even President Trump says it a lot. It's a witch hunt. It's a witch hunt. When you really think about what that means and really break down what happened in this country, the term, it's not even close to the original meaning here, right? This happened in our country. And when you read your book, it's a grisly breakdown of what happened. But the term, it feels like it's been watered down by media and politicians these days. You know what I'm saying? Yes, but I disagree with you a little bit. Um, so the cancel culture is in business to destroy people, to destroy their families, their lives, yeah. to make it uh, difficult for them to uh, to work. That's what the that's what the cancel culture is in business to do. We have a court system here. You commit a crime, you do something heinous, they'll haul you in criminally or civilly, they'll get punished. But the ideologues now, and almost entirely on the left, isn't that interesting? You don't see a lot of cancel culture going on on the right. They want to destroy people with whom they disagree. I mean, I can't tell you over 20 years at Fox News how many times I had to deal with organizations trying to destroy me and my family. It oh, was yeah. constant. And that's one of the things I talked to Tucker Carlson about because he had the same thing. Now, this is witch hunting. So they isolate you. And I give three other examples, no, four other examples at the end of the book of people who have had their whole lives destroyed um, and they didn't do anything. Just like the witches in Salem didn't do anything. I mean, these were not real witches. Here's something interesting. Salem, Massachusetts makes millions and millions of dollars today off the witches. When you go there, and it's about wow. 25 miles north of Boston, this big sign says, Welcome to Salem, Witch City. <sighs> and there's a pedestrian mall, which is, which, there's a witch, and she'll read your palm or whatever she's doing, sell you a potion. And so we call them. And they wouldn't talk to us because we wanted to know if they felt guilty about making millions of dollars off the graves yeah. of these people who are buried 300 yards outside of town. <laughs> so That is nuts. Right. It's real. That is nuts. And you but know what? The, the, the amount, ahead. I just swear, we can, we can move on after this. I don't want to get too deep. But I just like big picture the amount of death and destruction and uh, caused all in by the name in the name of religion over the course yeah. of human history, Bill. I mean, I grew up in a Christian house. So I think probably you're, I think you're Catholic. I just that's a big barrier for me in terms of my faith and my my religion is just all the atrocities that have been committed throughout human history. Well, you and Benjamin Franklin have something in common because Franklin was a young teenager in Boston and got involved with this witch stuff. He actually went to the head witch hunter's house, a man named Cotton Mather, and he brought that sensibility, just as you mentioned, to Philadelphia in the constitutional debate because Patrick Henry and Roger Sherman, some of the other founders, wanted America to be a theocracy, a Christian nation. And Franklin led the charge, along with Jefferson and Madison, against that. And they won it. 
And we have all of that, that big brawl uh, in Killing the Witches. So, you know, this is a it, it's a fun book to read, um, but you're going to learn an awful lot about American history. Bill O'Reilly, the new book, Killing the Witches, out today. Uh, pivot here just to f- just just for a few minutes here. Talk sure. about uh, the Democrats. Do they want Joe Biden to run next no. year? Is he done? Nobody wants Joe Biden to run except Jill. <laughs> Jill likes the perks. She likes the uh, big airplane. So who's it going to be then? Are they going to like? Well, uh, I, I mean, like they're they're not going to put another rich, elitist, entitled white guy up there, are they? I don't know. I mean, it's impossible to say. Uh, that's the panic in the Democratic Party. You see it in the Democratic press. You see it in the Washington Post and uh, on some of the television networks that prop up the Biden administration. They're starting to get really nervous. So Ted Cruz goes, launches last night and says, well, Michelle Obama, Michelle Obama. I've been saying this for a year, that that's the mm. only person who could uh, hold the presidency for the Democrats. And I've tried and tried and tried to get some kind of inside information about whether she's even interested, and I cannot do it. It's a total blackout. So other than her, there is no one else, no one. And you would pretty much see the presidency. Biden can't run again. I don't believe he will. I think he'll be out of there, you know, before the first primary start. By wow. you know, they'll submit a letter. Is he has to resign for health reasons. He's not going to run again. Like LBJ, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, who do they turn to? Um, and outside of Michelle, there really isn't anybody else. So, Bill, on the other side of the aisle, there's another GOP primary debate tomorrow. Donald Trump's not going to be there. He's going to be speaking, I believe, to the auto workers in yeah. Michigan. Is this a good strategy, you think, for Donald Trump to skip these debates? Sure. Why would he do it? He's so far out in front. And, you know, Chris Christie, if, if Trump were to show up, would smear Trump, and it would just devolve really quickly into a mud bath, which would do Donald Trump no good at all. The others, they're not going to do that, but Christie absolutely would do it. And that's why Trump doesn't go. And I, I'm just struggling to picture what a Trump uh, presidential run would look like next year with all the you know, the possibility of him going to prison with all the indictments. I mean, is it possible for him to run a campaign and and become president of the United States with all this stuff going on in the background with him? Sure. Number one, he's not going to prison. None of the things he's charged with uh, dictate that, and the Supreme Court would never allow it anyway. Mm. So the worst-case scenario would be be in home confinement. And if you know anything about Mar-a-Lago, that's not a bad place to be in home <laughs> confinement. And he could run the country out of there. Uh, as far as his campaign, he's going to do the same thing. He's going to run around and tell people what they want to hear and what he wants to hear. It's not going to be anything new. Um, but the election is going to hinge on how bad things are in this country, and they're bad. Just the border alone disqualifies Joe Biden from re-election. Just that issue alone, one issue. And then he has to run against the grocery store and the gas station. And people aren't stupid. They know they're paying a lot more for essentials. And Biden go around, Bidenomics, oh, yeah, you know. (laughs) So, I mean, look, at this point, uh, your state, Indiana, it it goes 60-40 Trump over Biden right now. Wow. Bill, what does Donald Trump have to do better uh, to 
resonate with some of these folks in swing states that may have voted for him in 16, voted against him in 2020. What can Donald Trump do to win some of these folks back in places like Wisconsin or Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona? Well, he's got to be a little less bombastic, and I think that's an impossible ask for Trump. I don't think he can be less bombastic. But if he could, if he would go maybe and get hypnotized um, (laughs) and just talk about issues, and here's what I did as compared to what Biden did, he'd skate right in. But it's not the election is this. And, you know, what good does that do? Your, your people are your people. MAGA people are there. They're going to vote for you. You don't need to just keep doing this. Just highlight what you did in office. And ironically, you know, I did four uh, shows, big arena shows, uh, the history tour with Donald Trump. And he didn't mention the election once. It was all about history and what he did, how he did it, the successes, the failures, the personalities. Fascinating. And if he could bring that onto the campaign trail, I think he would win in a landslide. Bill O'Reilly, the uh, new book, Killing the Witches. And you, again, are on – you're on Tucker Carlson's show, or you had him no, on no, your no. show? It's ex-Twitter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. okay, that's where he operates. But the easiest way to do this, Wednesday at 9 is when it drops. It'll be there for a week or so, I guess. Just go to BillOReilly.com with a giant banner. And you put your little finger on the little click thing, and bang, <laughs> there it is. O'Reilly and Carlson, you will not be bored. Yeah, I can't wait for this one. That's uh, that's going to be a good one. Killing the Witches out today. Bill O'Reilly, you're the best, and you're welcome back anytime. We love having you, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.